Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm here with you today with my co-host, Mr. Anthony Dana. How are you today, sir? Happy Memorial Day. It is the Memorial Day and we're working. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun work. It's fun work on a beautiful day. Yes. And we're actually talking about one of my favorite television shows ever, mm-hmm. The Sopranos, because we're going to do a, instead of uh, at the movies, I guess we're, I have to come up with some kind of title, but some kind of catchy TV language or something catchy or, you know, quippy or punny like that. Mm-hmm. So it's The Sopranos, in case you were living under a rock the last 25 years. Show that came out in 1999 on HBO. Or you're under age 20. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's also recordings that you guys can watch. I know you've watched plenty. Anyway, it was like it was TV like nobody had seen up until that time. It was a crazy dynamic, and it was the true golden age of the anti-hero. He is Tony Soprano is somebody who you know what? I'm going to compare him to another uh, fictitious. Do not say Batman. What's that? Do not say Batman. Oh no! No God no no. <laughs> Oh, please, no. No, but oh, so Walter White in Breaking Bad. So Walter White in Breaking Bad, again, another example of an anti-hero, but he starts off where you mm-hmm. like him, but then toward the end of the series, you kind of don't know if you like him or anything because of all the things that he's done, manipulated people, continued on. You know I mean? Like you kind of rooting for him in the beginning. The, the poor guy has cancer and he can't afford the treatments he wants. So he cooks meth to do that. And it's kind of like, okay, but then he gets kind of addicted to, you know. The all, lifestyle and the power sure. and the money. And so at the end, you don't know, but with Tony Soprano, you start off and you're not sure if you like him. And at the end of the series, you're not sure if you like him. You know what I mean? So the question, I guess, comes up, does he really make progress? And again, it was a six season show. We're not going to break down every episode, but we're just going to talk about a quick, we can readdress this topic again if anybody wants to, The Sopranos. It could be like a go back and forth thing. But I'm just touch on the basics with Dr. Melfi and Tony and get your opinion. So, so our quotes, let's start with quotes. Let's start off with quotes. So speaking of change, this is kind of the theme I was going with, and you know how I feel about this show and this man. <laughs> but okay, so I have two quotes, and I guess I'll just say both because one's short. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And this is by John Maxwell. And the other one is progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change, their minds cannot change anything. George Bernard Shaw. So this goes to speaks to CBT, obviously our thinking and our belief system kind of piggybacking on our last show. It's how we view a situation. So there's this whole thing with that I was ingrained with, I guess, from you know, beginning of my career. Insight doesn't equal change. People can have insight into their own behaviors if they're able to do so and they allow themselves to do so, but it doesn't mean they're going to change behaviors. They could still perpetuate bad cycles of behavior and make excuses for those. Insight is good. It's a step in the right direction if they want change. It is mostly necessary for change unless you're strictly, you know, a pigeon and you want to just like stimulus and response and change. But insight doesn't mean change. Like plenty of people can have aha moments, but they don't want to change. They're resistant. They refuse to change. Okay. And what do you do as a therapist, right? Right. So do you think that's Tony in a nutshell? I absolutely believe that's Tony. Okay. Okay, So my two quotes. The first one I just found is humorous. It has to do with the show because it's a direct quote from the show, an interaction between Tony and Dr. Melfi. 
in the response to Dr. I guess Melfi asked him a question and he goes, is this a woman thing? You ask me how I'm feeling. I tell you how I'm feeling. And now you're going to torture me with it. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a, I think it's more of a psychologist thing than, than a woman thing, you know, it's just, or a but double. you feel like you're being tortured, but it's because not your intent. You mean as a patient? Yeah, as a patient, yeah. you might mm-hmm. think that way. I hope not. Jeez. <laughs> I like the honesty of the well, he was Tony was very volatile. Well, he was also very misogynistic. So mm-hmm. he, Oh, with that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he also, as a female psychiatrist, I don't think that's accidental. I know he was referred by his family doctor, his neighbor or whatever. Right. Okay. This is the, the good one. Because uh, that was, but that would I mean, that was good. It was just funny. Sociopaths, which Tony obviously is. Yes. I diagnosed him in our right. diagnosis. Um, and the only reason I know that is because you told me. But anyway, sociopaths (laughs) are often quite satisfied with themselves and with their lives. And perhaps for this very reason, there is no effective treatment, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, treatment. And that is from a PhD, Martha Stout. I read that book. That is on my nightstand. Oh, cool. I don't know if you ever Uh, heard of it or (laughs) noticed it. I forget what it's called. Oh, the sociopath next door or the sociopath you know i forget sociopath next door yeah are you are you know next door sociopath i may have mentioned it before so that i think i had also mentioned a book that i read that i really like called confessions of a sociopath and it's by an anonymous female sociopath and that's pretty much yeah the crux of it is they are impervious to change like the irish but they're impervious to uh Therapy. Impervious to psychotherapy. That's what Freud said about the Irish, right? Right, yeah. That was in The Departed. I learned that in The Departed. Movies teach me a lot and TV shows. I was raised, I was Gen X. I was raised by TV and movies, especially the reruns of Gilligan's Island and Brady Bunch and all that. So I believe, no. First of all, they don't want to change because they get a lot out of their behavior. So rehabilitation, in my opinion, is slim to none. So let's go back to why is Tony doing this. Why is he in therapy? So the entire time he's in therapy, he keeps talking about if I ever get caught. So first of all, there's the danger of his lifestyle and the people who are in the Mm -hmm. organized crime Mm -hmm. finding this out and worried that one, you know, this is our leader and he's crazy. He's seeing a therapist. Correct. Initially he's stigmatized. Right. So i.e. you're crazy. And two, are you, yes, there's client patient privilege, but I don't know what this therapist is going to do. And and so it could be detrimental to- You mean doctor patient? Doctor patient. Yeah. Sorry. Client. He said client patient. Client okay. patient, same thing. So why do you think he why do you okay. think he does it? Because he's narcissistic and sociopathic and he wants an audience and he's able to share his secrets with this person, even though he's like a little on the fence about it initially. And I think he likes to hear himself talk. I think that she gets him sort of to a place of gaining some insight, but he's not changing. He's okay. not not murdering people. Would he have continued if it was because again, he finds what whatever you think of uh, Lorraine Bracco, the actress, which yeah, by the he way likes her, right? Doesn't he have a crush on her? Oh well, yeah, that's just it. Well, I was gonna get to but so yeah. Interesting tidbit, Lorraine Bracco, David Chase, the creator of the show, thought of uh, Lauren Bracco. I think her name is Lauren. I have to check it. But anyway, she like, she was in Goodfellas. And David Chase saw her as Carmela, the, the wife of Tony Soprano. And she said, no, you know what? This Dr. Melfi character, I want to try this. She's very smart and she's a PhD and yada, yada, yada. No, she's yada. an MD. She's an MD? Oh, she's not even a PhD. No, she's a psychiatrist. Okay. So, but she says that I would like to try that role. But mm-hmm. if she were maybe unattractive to Tony, or if it was a guy, would he have continued? No, I think that he continues because it's challenging for him with this educated woman, because 
He kind of likes Quite that. Frankly, he doesn't get that with Carmelo. Quite frankly, yeah, how yeah. many women is he around that right, are educated? Yeah. So I think it's challenging for him to have this woman that he can come tell his secrets to, and then he eventually. So it's almost like feelings. It, so you know what the term? You know when people say there's physical cheating and then there's emotional cheating. Emotional affair. So is this an emotional affair? No. No. Or, you know, are men having emotional affairs with their psychologists? And is that what the lore is? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's possible if it goes both ways. Uh, I don't well, know. Well, no, it's not, it's not, it's not going. I mean, well, she has been. It doesn't Melfi have. Well, yeah, Tony him? doesn't know those things. True, yeah. true, true. She doesn't right. really give that away right. or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. So I think that, no, he doesn't want to change. He just comes and confess. He feels cathartic, perhaps, by confessing his so sins. So he likes the attention. It's the narcissist. Because he's also a narcissist as well. Well, he's not. Well, sociopaths are narcissistic. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So from my recollection, and I'll check in the DSM, one, I don't think, can have two personality disorders because one begets the other. Sure. Like, which one is most prominent? One supersedes But. Right. Borderlines can be narcissistic. Narcissistics can be sociopath. Like there's a fine line there. So he likes the attention. He's egocentric. I, I don't know, remember how much he confesses or he alludes to murders, but I think he likes that, you know, with her telling her his de- some of his secrets. I guess. You don't think he's, so do you think there's a moment that he thinks that he, he or he wants to try to get better no. or that's why he goes, or do you think that's what he tells himself? I'm doing this to try to get better when ideally or honestly, he's not trying to get better. I don't think so. I mean, I don't recall every episode. And he's in therapy the whole time. He's in therapy every season. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's, like she's, every, there. Yeah. Like she's there. Right? I, they take breaks because, again, he gets the mad things that he yells at her and stuff, No, nobody would continue on seeing this guy. So do you remember last episode when Katerina and I spoke about Rogers, Carl Rogers, and the unconditional positive regard? So one of the things, I, I mean, I have issue with a lot of things in the show, but one of the things I didn't like the other day when we were watching it is so he storms out and gets pissed at her yeah yeah but then he just comes back so maybe they never happened right so i get the impression she's directive to a degree and she would say let's talk about what happened last episode and he gets to be angry and storm out and come back which i you know, obviously he does with his mistresses and his wife everybody is like yeah everybody he just gets I've, pissed I've, off and picked he up doesn't get along with them. i mean, I mean, they, I mean they might get it worse you know? right there's no connection or repair attempts or anything like that but i don't know if she's just this unconditional positive figure in his life to accept you get to be a jerk to me and then come back to therapy. Yeah, I pay you. I could say whatever I, you know, it's like. Right. So I don't know. I just think that I've always hated, (laughs) I've always hated these two on the show and some of it's realistic. Some of what she says to him, it's not like. This is why, you know, anybody who's going to do a show about or movie about anything it's like consult well i mean like yeah so uh, say if i was going to make a movie about bank robbers you know i'm going to go to some prisons so to some bank robbers that got caught and <laughs> interview them reason. and do some intel talk to police officers or investigators who have to go after these guys like you would think so yeah. you would think so i mean and i don't know if they did that or i mean maybe they did but they thought they were doing a good job and i don't know so the thing with his diagnosis, right? I don't think she tells him. I don't know if she ever tells him because most of the time you don't really tell a sociopath or a sociopath because they don't care. But the panic disorder, I believe, is accurate. Now, I don't remember because we were trying to find if they depicted that accurately because one cannot pass out from a panic attack. Right. Well, he, he, so I think he collapses what they, right. they he, said. We enter the show. Again, it's Tony and, and Melfi and it's their get to know you therapy session. And then he goes through a lot of what's going on in his life. He has a troubled relationship with his mother. That's putting it lightly, <laughs> Olivia. Mm-hmm. And she's a, she's a beaut. You got also 
Uncle Junior, they're both, you know, in the same business and they're kind of jockeying for position uh, mm -hmm. at work, so to speak, right. and their family. So that's another weird dynamic. And then the ducks on which they mm -hmm. diagnose him at the end or she diagnoses that is you're scared of your kids getting older and things changing. And that's why you had the panic attack when the ducklings learn how to fly and left your pool. Okay. Does that make sense as, you know, like. Like it was symbolic of right, the kids Right, that's what the ducks symbolized. Maybe. I mean, sure, I guess. Or just change in general. Change in general. Or, and also they alluded to, he loved animals, which is wildly uncharacteristic of a sociopath. They usually torture animals and mm. get joy. Yes, you know what? When there's a horse that gets killed in a fire, um, oh, he's yeah. very, high he's on mind, he gets very upset. He gets on. upset with that. And then Christopher kills Adriana's dog. Yeah, gets yeah. upset with that. And apparently he had a loss. Tony had a loss of a dog as a child. And I said that was a trauma for yeah, him, tragedy yeah. for him. So he is an animal lover, which is weird. But okay, so there's, I guess they're that trying to show. That's what makes him likable. That's, no. no, but I, mean, that's what <laughs> I guess the TV show writers are But he likes animals. So he's not too bad, is he's he? He's not yeah. that bad of a sociopath. He yeah. hates humans, Come but on. he likes your dog. I wouldn't trust him with my dogs. Would you? I might trust him. That's about all I trust him with if he likes animals. <laughs> you would trust him with my yeah. Still, he might get mad and kick him. I don't mm -hmm. know, whatever. So maybe that's symbolic for him of, of change. And like he gets sad and he's attached to animals, obviously more than humans. So. Mm -hmm. so let's I think review, they analyzed let's review a little bit of his medication history here. So panic attacks, he was on Prozac, but that was, I think, given to him by... Uh, I said she gave it to him. Wikipedia said Melfi did. Oh, gave him the Prozac? Right. So I know the other episode was something about the Xanax, which is fine. But like she, which was good because, you know, a lot of doctors or psychiatrists are just doling out Xanax, Xanax and just Clonopin and Benzos, which they really shouldn't do long-term because people get addicted. You're supposed to take that short-term until something like Prozac or Zoloft or Lexapro, another SSRI starts to work. But then, whatever episode it was, she adds in lithium. Yeah. Which is weird. Right. As a jumpstart or something. She's there, you got to jumpstart your system. And it's like... Nobody does that. You know, no one really I gotta, does I that. mean, again, I got to go back and I might just review it to see why. I mean... I don't know, in the 90s, maybe they did that because it was popular, but maybe. He has hallucinations, I think it's episode. Of course he does, because he's not bipolar and he yeah. shouldn't take a look And um, this house guest uh, that was, I guess, watching oh, Dr. Cusimano's house, Isabella, doesn't exist, but he thinks he's had conversations with her. And then Dr. Melfi says, maybe we should go off the lithium now, you know? Right. So it is... A period piece, I guess, to a degree that it's supposed to be at that point. There wasn't as many choices as there are now for mood stabilization because doctors will do that at a mood stabilizer like Latuda or Abilify, you know, instead. And back then, maybe that's what she was thinking. But I think he still had the Xanax. I don't know if he abused it. I wouldn't trust this man with Xanax. But Xanax makes you, which is cloudy, right? And you're just like... Well, it's a, it makes you just mellow, you know, and it, you mix it with alcohol. He's not not drinking his wine. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, he's... Yeah, he's not a good candidate for that medication. So that's a faux pas. So overall, Dr. Melfi, because mm -hmm. we, we talked about movies and you like this psychiatrist or psychologist or this one seemed authentic or not. Are you a fan of the portrayal of a psychiatrist from Dr. Melfi? Mostly no. So when I would watch the show, I'd get very irritated. First of all, psychiatrists don't do therapy anymore. Now, again, I have to check and see in 1999 and 2000 if some maybe did. So it was possible that she did and she was trained in therapy. It was okay. She would ask some questions and I tried to empathize with this woman. Okay. Like she's meeting with this man that she's kind of curious about, infatuated, maybe scared of, and it's challenging for her and how trepidatious she may be and rather than directive with him. Most of the time, no. 
she asked him some okay questions and she did say to him about his mother being a narcissist, having narcissistic personality disorder, which was now he obvious was very to me. adamant. Well, he was protective. Again, yeah. So yeah. how would you have because like she kept at it and which knowing that he is such a loose cannon, was that the right move? Like her just kept going at it. She kept going at it, like challenging him. Like, don't you see? Like, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't have been. And when I do that, like I'll throw in the term. I mean, it made better through good television, but. Yeah, of course. Like being combative and and showing his his resistance, Mm -hmm. obviously. And being being very protective of her. Oh, yeah. So probably not that. He's in denial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, of course, he's in denial. I think he tells, he has a sister, right? He has a sister. Two sisters. Janice and- They're the other one you hardly see. Yeah. So I think like he he did say, now I don't remember that episode if he's like, oh, it's believable or just what do you, like she said this, it's crazy, you know, but clearly this woman does. The Olivia and the mother has NPD because of her guilt trip. She, she passed away, I think in the middle of the second season. She's amazing. Like she's- She's oh, brutal. God. She's brutal. She's such all good. the guilt trip stuff oh. and just all about her all the time and her point of view. She only likes Christopher because he, he put in her storm windows. I like right? him. Yeah. He, yeah. he put storm windows up one year. So right. yeah, he's okay in her book. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So she's okay. I mean, I like her a little better watching in this round as opposed to before, but I used to despise watching him in therapy with her because it just, to me, was just not realistic at all. Like, I don't know what it was about it. it just wasn't. Next question to piggyback off that. I don't, um, again, I was, when I was rewatching the first episode, she doesn't hint that she knows who Tony Soprano is. Again, he's a known guy in organized crime, but he's not anything. I think he becomes a bigger deal in the second, third season. But he's a known entity, I guess, if you read the papers or you stay on, you know, on top of those things. Would you knowingly, safe person who is rumored to be an organized criminal. Would you continue on with that, with that, you know, Me personally? Uh, patient? Yeah. No. And, and <laughs> no, I mean, not. why do you think she does? I think it, again, it's like challenging for her and, and like, it's intriguing, you know, that she's maybe feeling special. She's the special person to him that he comes in and tells all his problems maybe to. She, and it's very taboo that she he's in therapy. Oh God. You know, like, <laughs> I, you know if I can control this, this. Some hero, stand, maybe. Yeah. yeah. If I can control this man and, and I guess she's just enamored with him and she clearly ends up having feelings at some point for him. I don't they, think they, she, they she never go. Yeah. And yeah, it happens. But like, I don't think they ever discuss it. I don't think. They well, ever. I think there is one scene. I, he, you remember better. Than yeah. He, he goes, um, I think it was long pause. I forget what episode it was. He goes, he goes, I had a dream. You and me, we did it last night. You loved it. If something like is that, it, and he then said she that? goes, okay, that was pretty blunt or out, uh-huh. out of left field, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's some likable things that she says and she's not like a pansy with him, which I like. I like that she's not like, oh, Mr. Superman, you know? No, like, and I she's, think that's why, that's what keeps him coming back. Right. She's directive to a degree. So that's cool. But I mean, there's just certain things that like, okay, for, this is nitpicky and silly, but at least in the first episode with him or the first session with him, she does address the limits of confidentiality, but she doesn't do it from the get go. Like, by the way, this is right. doctor, this is within- right. Reason. He's, he's telling a story. And he started goes, telling a story. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then also she doesn't clarify, we can't report about past murders. So if somebody came in and said, I murdered this person, technically, like I can't say, okay, let me go tell the police, you know, this is this person. But if it's a future, you know, like a premeditated murder, or like if someone comes in and says, I'm going to go murder my neighbor and there's an identifiable victim, right. like neighbor, then I have duty to warn, you know, legal, ethically, legally, right, you know, because right. there was a law that was passed. But she didn't really clarify. Maybe she did later to say, oh, by the way, you can tell me who you murdered. <laughs> like after the fact, we're all good with that. 
And obviously, if he's suicidal, she has to report that. I see that. But this, it was kind of crazy. I think this is a topic that it's, 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 it's impossible to. I think we will go back and maybe revisit this a little bit here and there as we go through different podcasts, because I think we could just like, we could do talk to the Sopranos because I mean, we've got six seasons. We can take tidbits of the show or little certain points and uh, analyze it. And again, this is just a very rough outline of the show itself, mostly focusing on the first season, which we can go back to again. And it's, it's Memorial Day weekend, people. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's going to be a shorter episode. But you know, at least we're giving you some new content. Right. So Tony Soprano would be somebody who you would not take on as a client, somebody who was in, right. involved in organized <laughs> crime, whether you knew about it or you found out the first session, it's still in your right to not treat that person for well, okay. So right. I'm gonna give you some choices. We're gonna play, we're gonna play a little would you rather. I'm gonna give you some choices and you tell me which you have to treat one of these two. Okay. I can't pass you and cannot say no. pass. Gotcha. So right. out of these two, uh-huh. the lesser of the two evils. First choice, Charlie Sheen or Tom Cruise. Oh God. The world of Scientology <laughs> oh. or the world of drugs and hookers and more drugs. Oh God. So both I don't like <laughs> for various reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess Charlie Sheen. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a a, a substance abuse therapist counselor therapist psychologist whatever like although a bit might be more comical tom cruise would i would ask him a question so have i ever showed you pointed this out in the movies when that man is asked a question in the movie he responds with a question and he repeats back so would you rather have eggs for breakfast would you want eggs for breakfast he'd be like do i want eggs for breakfast as if he's talking to himself but he has to say it out loud so many movies, we can have a whole list okay. and I'll show you. I, well, I found- Super annoying. So I, I would ask him a question. He'd be like, am I feeling sad today? And like then he'd run because he runs in every movie. He <laughs> likes to show <laughs> off that he's a good runner. Oh, yeah. By the way, I hear, I hear the new Top Gun is good. Okay. Yeah. So well, maybe I was just watching. I want to watch the, the old whole thing. American Made. I was catching a couple minutes of that on, American I forget Made. what cable, you know, um, but it was. Uh, I was like, oh, this might be actually good because it's a biopic. It's a time piece in the 80s. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough call. I mean, I guess I would just go with the crazy. And then the one thing with Charlie Sheen, I guess, could happen is that if I, obviously, he's on drug binge, I just refer him out. Then I get rid of him. Well, then you'd have the world of Scientology investigating you. Like, oh my what has Tom told you? Yes. And you know that you can't say anything. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah. Well, because if he tells you about our secrets, uh-huh. you, you can't mention this to anybody. And, and he'd jump on your couch like you did. Yeah, <laughs> he would jump you know, on Because he's so happy that he's having straight sex with his wife and he's so in love. Oh, God. And he's not yeah. gay. And I he's mean, not gay. Allegedly. I'm not saying that that's what he's overcompensating for. I just for. think he'd irk me. He's arrogant, yeah. probably. Yes. No, he definitely is. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I'm sure he's had some work done. Yeah. He, he's aged very well. well like he's got good genetics. He's got yes, but on top of that, I'm, like, they, yeah, plastic yeah, yeah. surgeons can only do too much. They can only do too much. Right. Maybe he's following the Tom Brady. Maybe it's Scientology. Scientology. Yeah, it's all that Scientology. All right. Yeah, Tom Brady's another one. They all got Dick Clark. I always said, if you have Dick Clark disease, that means mm-hmm. you look, you're 65 and you look 35. You right. know? All right. Next two, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt mm-hmm. or Johnny Depp? Oh my God. Current Johnny Depp? Current Johnny Depp. He's very stressed out lately. So he's going to need a very, very good psychologist Current to help him Johnny along. Depp. And Brad, you know, from what I know, he does like to smoke a lot. Smoke he's a lot of weed. Late. Huh? Weed. Oh yeah. Oh, he smokes yeah. a lot of weed. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Brad Pitt. Okay. Okay. It's a little less with, dramatic. With Johnny, I think right now would be very, very- It's a tough ooh. time to treat Johnny yes. right now. <laughs> I don't uh, think I'd want to be on his uh, case. Okay. I'm on my caseload. Next choice. Jennifer Aniston or Anna Jean or Angelina Jolie. Oh my gosh, both annoying in different ways. So, Angel- Wait, you think you think Jennifer Aniston's annoying? Because yeah, every woman loves her. Oh yeah, she's annoying. okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. She's, I don't know what it is about her, just condescending, perfectionistic, probably OCD to some, I don't know. It's just, I would just think it'd be annoying. But Angelina Jolie has a lot of issues. She's suspected to have BPD, so borderline personality disorder. So I guess Jennifer Aniston, I guess over that, because Angelina Jolie, while entertaining, might be unpredictable with her life. Although she is probably more challenging. I'd say more challenging. Yeah. So there's always that. Depends where she is in her life. I don't know where she is currently in her life. Next choice, Kim Kardashian Mm -hmm. or Amber Heard. Oh, geez. Why do you do this to (laughs) me? Because that's what I have to do. I don't want to make it an easy answer. Oh, gosh. Current Amber Heard. Current both. Yeah. I mean, Kim, you you know, Kim's always got something going on. But Amber lately, yeah, she's... uh, and what time of day do I have to treat these people? First that, patient. That actually matter? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Last patient, first um, patient. La- last patient of the day, yeah. Oh, like, God. And, and, when and, I'm and just they done. never cancel, ever. And they never cancel. Never. Never. And nope. they're paying cash, obviously. And they're paying cash. And, and, and Holiday rate. Double it. So just to make sure it is super secretive. and. Okay. So Amber Heard has BPD, supposedly, according to the psychologists that are, you know, in this case with her, right? I guess Kim Kardashian. I would have to really listen to all her narcissism. But, yes. Yes. Uh, I don't like either of them. <laughs> I don't like any well, of Well, Kim would be easier because it would just be like listening Well, to it her. was just, honestly, I might not have to do much because no, she won't. would just talk, talk, you, talk you could choose not and to. complain about her right. life and her whatever botched surgery. I don't know. And then I'd just be like, okay, goodbye. Like I, I honestly wouldn't work hard for right. either of them. And I don't think she'd expect you to, because if you if you talk just to listen over to her, her, she wouldn't like that. If I talked to her, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Um, it's all about me, Kim. This is my time. It's her show. It's like yeah, it's your time, but I'm supposed to be helping you. I'd have one means. pearl of wisdom at the end of the maybe, session. Yeah, like, oh, maybe think, like, maybe think about it. That's why I come to you. You're the best. I know. I was thinking about what you said in this pearl of wisdom. Really? Last one. All right. Bill Gates or Elon Musk? Oh, good. Lord. <laughs> Talk about the two very powerful, probably narcissist, egocentric. Uh, I don't know much, too much about either of them. I never read the bio on, doesn't Bill Gates have a bio? Oh, yeah. No. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he is, right? All right. I'm going to say Elon Musk, I guess, because it would be interesting. He's kind of out there and spacey. And is he on the spectrum? Is he supposedly on the Could spectrum? Could be. I don't know. Um, I, I so one thing where, he and I, yeah. one thing we could have in common is the whole, whole homeschooling thinking so we could talk about that and obviously his thoughts on the environment i guess but i think again people or i don't know if they're impervious to insight and change but depends what they're coming in for <laughs> what are they coming in for i guess we're not caveating it with a presenting problem right no yeah that also yeah. is would be a, a mm-hmm. major factor i would imagine yeah okay well that was fun uh, like like we told you everybody this was going to be short but, but sweet. sweet we got tweaked out 30 minutes and now we need to go kind of enjoy memorial day right yes that's what we're gonna go do and we hope you guys are too yeah hopefully you're enjoying your happy monday the kickstart to this official summer season on the east coast at least well the northeast should i say because in california and florida obviously there are happy places all the time thanks for listening to our show catch all our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com email us if you have any questions at info at innerbalancepsychology.com and remember to stop it and give yourself a chance 